We're sisters, best friends, and authors on a mission to help you stoke your creative fire and live the life of your dreams. We believe that purpose fuels passion and that creativity is your secret weapon for mass construction. There's never been a better time to bless the world with your dream realized. You're listening to The Kate and Abby Show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Kate and Abby Show. We're thrilled to have you here. We have some very cool topics to unpack today. We are continuing the series that we announced a couple of episodes ago, which is all about preparing yourself to indie publish your first book. A lot of you guys are working on Uh, works in progress that you're thinking of publishing yourself, or maybe you're not sure what publishing route you want to go yet. So you're exploring both options or (laughs) I say both as if there's only two, there's so many different publishing options these days, it really can't even be narrowed down into simple categories anymore. The industry is really shifting um, rapidly. But we're going to break down our own process for indie publishing. So we want to really take our own experiences and they're both unique. My experience is unique from Abby's and vice versa. And we're going to like lay out all these details for you guys to learn from and hopefully it serves you in a positive way. So we're going to get into that. It's it's an interesting um, topic for right now because we're both in the midst of publishing books. I am in the midst of publishing Searching for Sparrow, the new book in my series. It's actually a continuation series. If you're watching the video version of this podcast, you'll see me holding up the book right now. This is a continuation series based off of my series, The Blood Race. I actually have a giveaway running for this book right now, this book plus a bunch of really cool goodies, side copies of all my books. You'll see the link to that in the comments. I'll pin the link. Go join the giveaway. I would love to have you be part of that. That ends October 5th, the day that the book comes out. And Abby is also in the midst of getting a book ready for publishing, which you haven't, you still haven't really announced that. Have you? Not yet. So it's top (laughs) secret, but Abby is in the publishing process too. And we both have a lot of unique experience to bring to the table here that we hope you guys are going to benefit from. First, we want to say thank you to our sponsors, which are you guys. Yes, our patrons who are amazing and we get so, so much support from you guys. We love you guys so much. Thank you for making this show possible. If you get value out of this podcast, go to patreon.com slash the Kate and Abby show and help us keep this show alive and free of interruptions. So without further ado, let's jump right in. So we're going to talk about how to find the right editor. Highly, highly requested episode here. Um, Start to finish, five steps. So we've broken it down a little bit so that you can easily digest this otherwise seemingly overwhelming process. Um, I remember before I had my first work edited, I was overwhelmed by the prospect of how do I even find an editor? How do I find an editor that's going to be the right fit for me? Because you hear a lot of horror stories out there about people, authors who have found the wrong editor, and it's a terrible experience. We want to avoid having experiences where we're just having our books butchered by someone who doesn't necessarily understand our vision. Thankfully, there are many amazing editors out there for you to work with, and it's all about finding the right editor for you. Step one in that process, in my opinion, is to ask writers you know who are published and um, writing groups that you might be part of for recommendations. This is what I did. I asked a published author for a recommendation for an editor, and um, I knew a lot about this particular author from following his work, and 
Um, I asked his advice and he recommended an editor to me who is my current day editor to this day and Abby's editor as well because uh, she works incredibly well with our vision, with our work. And so I think there's a lot to be said for asking recommendations. Yeah. There are so many writers, so many published authors who are so into giving advice and recommendations if you just reach out to them. Yeah, and a lot of times their editors are, you know, they're open for business, they're looking for business, they're happy to work work with new clients and take on new clients. So it's a good thing for everybody all around. You're not like imposing on anyone to ask, who is your editor or who would you recommend for editing my type of work? And I think another thing that is important to remember going into this process is that there's no one-size-fits-all way to find an editor. Sometimes you'll just cross paths with the absolute perfect person for you, and it might not be the format in which we're talking about today and finding an editor, or you might end up seeking out an editor in an online space or group or something like that and finding the perfect person. So be open-minded and be willing to look in different places and find what you're looking for, not based on just, um, you know, the right the right person recommended this to me or whatever. But it is great to ask someone else's advice. Right. On, Yeah, it's never one size fits all process. And the internet has really blown open the gates of how this is done. So I I agree 100%. It may happen in a completely different way. So don't, don't limit yourself. Uh, There's lots of different ways. Um, So asking other people asking published authors and writers, you know, for recommendations can be a great way to get started. If you're like, I'm not sure where to begin. I'm not sure where to start this process. That's a great way to start the process. Another thing that's super important is to get sample edits. Mm, Yeah, that's something I think a lot of writers who have those horror stories of, Mm -hmm. oh, I lost all this money to this person and they ended up not being a good editor. Most of the time, it's because they didn't ask for a sample edit and they didn't really consider their decision and weigh their options. Not every time, but a lot of times I've heard stories of people who they just blindly trusted somebody and they're like, oh, this person has all the right credentials or they have the right qualifications or they just seem like a nice person. They seem like a good editor and then they end up, you know, not being a good editor. <laughs> you right. lose a lot of money. Lots but of money that can later. usually be avoided <laughs> by um, getting a sample edit from your editor and also getting sample edits from other editors and comparing the results is another another thing that is helpful if you're not sure or if you're kind of stuck between a few different people um figuring out what which of these editors personally clicks with me the most right and who understands my style the best Yeah, and a lot of editors, when you're on their websites, most editors will have websites. They talk about usually what sort of work they edit. So that can be a great way to get a feel right away. Like, okay, what is this person, this editor, what do they usually edit? And if they don't do certain genres, sometimes they'll say, I typically don't work on this, this, and this. And so that can give you a good indication of whether or not you should be reaching out to that person or whether or not they're going to understand what you're trying to communicate in your specific genre 
or voice. So that's a good way to narrow that down. And yeah, getting sample edits is just completely do that. It's such an important step to understand the editor's voice because the editor has their own creative flair, you know? And sometimes you'll find something that you're just like, wow, this person gets my voice and their voice complements mine, the way they're working with me and the suggestions they're giving me. They understand what I'm trying to do or not. And it's important to find that out first. And most sample edits will be a couple chapters or X amount of pages. It's usually substantial enough for you to be able to then go through and really get a feel for what their voice is like, what their style is like, and how how they're going to work with you. Yeah. And a lot of sample edits are free, which is another bonus. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, if you want a more extensive excerpt edited, it might be more, you might have to pay something, but a lot of editors offer sample edits for free, which is a great way to kind of try before you buy. And another thing that I think is worth mentioning here is for new writers who've never had their work edited before, and they're just starting down this journey, when you get back even a sample edit of something you wrote, and you see all the corrections and the markup from your editor, don't necessarily take that as this is, you know, written in stone. This is right. They are correct. They are, they know exactly, you know, how to make this better because not all of their, even long-term, not all of their edits are going to be corrections that you go with. Right. Okay. Some corrections you will go with, some you will leave because it, it clashes too much with your voice or your personal intention with that scene or that phrase or whatever whatever the case may be. So I think a lot of new writers look at their edited manuscript as like, oh, the editor knows best. Right. And <laughs> that's not always the case. Like, yes, they they are professional editors and they do know what they're doing most of the time. Most of them know what they're doing. But that doesn't mean every single correction should... That doesn't mean you should take every single correction as... Um, this is this is holy, yeah, and I cannot is, touch it. Yeah, you know exactly. You can't change anything now that the editor has waved their magic wand. It's right. not They're like not that perfect at all. It's a, it's a relationship. It's really a relationship. So they'll make suggestions, and my editor oftentimes will say, "Like mm, I think you might be trying to say this, but I'm not sure." So you do you here, and a good editor will tell you that. They won't be like, hey, you know, it should absolutely be this. So make sure you change it to that. That's not what a good editor will tell you. A good editor will work with you and say, you know, here's an idea, but use your own words or feel free to make this malleable. This isn't set in stone. Yeah. And another thing that is important to pay attention to when you're reading through a write-up from an editor is are they genuinely enjoying your story, even though they're finding corrections to be made with it? Because if you find that they have nothing to say except criticism after criticism, and they're being really critical, and they just don't seem to be enjoying your writing at all, that would be an indication of this is not the right person (laughs) to be working on your book. Because you have to be working with somebody who is genuinely they can see your vision with this story and even if you're not quite there yet they're enjoying the process of bringing it closer to that place exactly you know not like oh this is so bad this is not that they would say bad but they would be like oh this is these descriptions are so wordy this is too descriptive this is too flat you know like if it's just criticism after criticism 
probably not the best person to go with. Right, or someone who <laughs> wants to completely fundamentally change the story, starts suggesting things that are going to need an entire rewrite. Most books don't need that. And if they do need that extensive of an edit, it still is should be communicated in a more positive way, not like, oh, you know, you need to scrap this and basically start over. They'll make recommendations and work with you and it, there will be back and forth collaboration. It won't just be the editor going in and deleting a bunch of things and giving you their own ideas. Um, I, I speak from past experiences with a different editor much, much earlier in my writing journey that was not a good path and ended up not ending well. I didn't I didn't even go with that manuscript for my first publish, but it was a, a bad experience because it was very much one-sided. The editor was sort of making these very obtuse recommendations and going ahead and just changing lots of fundamental things. And a good editor will not do that. So it's important to gauge the experience and really get an understanding of what the editor understands about your vision because those have to align yeah, to for an sure. extent. <laughs> for sure. And, and if yeah. you have to develop mental edit stuff, that was something that we kind of touched on in the last episode of this indie publishing series, which was called The First Steps of Indie Publishing. Right. If you haven't watched that one, check that out. And we talked a little bit about self-editing and making revisions. And that's kind of the time when you're going back and forth with a writing partner, critique partner, um, a trusted beta reader, and you're making those more developmental edits to the story itself in preparation to send your book to a professional editor so that once you get to the professional edit stage, you won't have to be spending all of this time and money on the development of the story itself. Right. Getting prepped, which we actually did an episode. It's funny, it was almost exactly one year ago. I checked wow. the date on it. It was like <laughs> August 9th or something. We released an episode that was called How to Prep Your Novel and Yourself for Working with a Professional Editor, and I recommend going back and checking that one out. We'll link these episodes in the description of this video. If you're, if you're listening, you can go to the YouTube version and find those videos linked on this episode. But Getting yourself prepared is important because not only will it save you time and emotional uh, <laughs> emotional drama, but it will save you money. So depending on what your budget is for your first launch of a book, you want to make sure your manuscript is as tight as possible because your editor will, depending on how they're charging by the page or by the hour or how how many words, whatever it is, um, to have a tighter manuscript, you're going to save money. So if it's if you're going to end up deleting a whole bunch of pages from it because you're editing it down, you're taking out unnecessary parts, well, automatically you just saved a bunch of money by having it be a shorter manuscript. Or if it's by the hour, your editor will save a lot of time um, by not having to sift through a bunch of things that are like, well, wait, 
what are they saying here? This is very messy and confusing. If you've already gone through and ironed out those rougher parts, it makes it a much more uh, easy job for your editor to go through more quickly and efficiently. Not to mention it will give them a better experience reading your book overall as a reader from a reader's perspective because they won't have so many things that their brain is having to stop and stumble over and pause and really break it apart to figure out what you're trying to say. So by creating the smoothest possible version of your book, you're going to really save yourself money, time, and it's going to be a better experience for your editor in general. Yeah, very true. (laughs) Always straightening that and sign. (laughs) I know, it was a little bit off. (laughs) Don't get psyched out. Mm. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that from a lot of writers who are their it's their first time editing or their first time sending a book to an editor. And the preparation of that process seems so emotionally draining yeah, for them. Daunting. You know, daunting so daunting. Cat. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's not the end of the road, okay? It's not like this has to be absolutely perfect before I send this to an editor. It's really just the beginning, which I don't know if that's any less daunting to say that. That might be a little bit disappointing to some listeners, but it is the beginning because you have done some self-editing, hopefully at this point, some revisions, self-editing. Hopefully you're sending the cleanest possible manuscript to your professional editor, but don't get like psyched out to the point where you lose confidence in it and feel, oh, maybe I'm not ready for this. Because chances are, if you have written the book that you love and that matters to you, and you've done some revisions, you've done some self-editing, you've talked to a beta reader about your book, and you feel confident, don't let the idea of letting someone else read your work, someone who is this professional editor in a line of uh, the professional line of business here with publishing, don't let that trip you up and take away your confidence in your book. Be confident in it and realize, go into it with the right mental attitude. Go into it with a growth mindset of this is good and we're going to make it even better. And that mental attitude, I think, is a huge part of the success of the editing process. Absolutely. Yeah, because if you go into the process doubting yourself and being petrified of it not being good enough, it will also change the way that you have a relationship with your editor, I think, because you'll be more in this defensive mode or self-doubting mode of every edit. Oh, see, it's not good enough. And that's not true at all. Some of the best things have been edited and rewritten and rewritten and gone back and gone over again and again. And that's what can really make the process rewarding and more refined and smooth. And the thing is, perfection is subjective. (laughs) There really is no such thing when you think about the fact that everyone has a different definition of what perfect is. Someone who leaves, you'll see books all over the place that have a five-star review. This is the most perfect book I've ever read. And then other people who are like, this is the worst book I've ever read. So it's all subjective and you can't uh, have this ideal that holds you in this place of fear and anxiety over your work. You have to just trust that this is important to you. And if you're working with an editor who understands your voice that you feel comfortable working with, 
don't let every correction psych you out. It's 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 a positive experience, not a negative. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to make it better, and that should be your goal as well. Right, and actually having an editor work with you can build your confidence. Yeah, for sure. That feedback is so valuable. Right. And very, I've always found it very encouraging, even corrections. Right. That, like we were saying earlier, you know, a good editor won't just be ripping you apart and tearing apart your writing left and right. They will be trying to actively make it better. And of course, that means they will have corrections for you and they will delete some things and they will suggest edits, but all in the spirit of making it better and more enjoyable for your reader. And I always get excited when I see uh, feedback and corrections from my editor and think, now, oh yeah, that's that's a good idea. I should rewrite this part or I should add this. Right. And a lot of times, even when you add things, like I was saying about it's not the end of the, <laughs> it's not just necessarily over when it's over. If you add something later, you can usually reach out to your editor again and say, hey, I rewrote this one scene or this one page. Would you mind looking it over? And a good editor will be happy to do that for you free of charge because they want to see you succeed. They want to see your book be the best it possibly can be. And that to me is one of the best qualities in an editor. Right. It is for sure. And I agree with you. I get really psyched when, uh, <laughs> in a good way, when I get my manuscript back from my editor because she leaves loads of really great comments throughout. She always marks places she likes and it makes me so happy to be able to read her thoughts and stuff. And also things that she catches that will be confusing and I didn't realize it was confusing. So it's great to be able to catch those and to have someone else someone else give their perspective on, oh, well, I saw it this way. And you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize someone could see it that way. That's not at all how I meant it. So that's really encouraging because that gives you an opportunity to change it and make sure it's understandable to everyone who's going to read it. What would be discouraging is to see that in a review on your published book. And the yes. people who are like, oh, I loved it, except I couldn't understand that part. And you didn't have a chance to be able to amend that right. before. Yeah, <laughs> before. so true, so true. And another thing that I don't think a lot of writers, at least on their first experience with a professional editor, don't think a lot about asking them questions as well and writing notes to your editor. You know, I know you've done that. I've done that as well. Oh, if yeah. there's a certain part that you're doubting or even if it's something technical that you you are concerned that you left a certain detail, you know, you made some, some errors with a detail throughout your story or if it's something deeper that is a more specific question that you're doubting a certain scene or a character development or something like that, don't be afraid to write up a page of notes or even insert notes within the document. I would recommend probably having a separate document because a lot of editors like to reformat your manuscript document so that it's easier for them to read and use on their computer. But don't be afraid to write up some notes for them. And if you have a certain area that you're doubting, maybe write a note to them about, hey, I'm not sure about this scene. This felt like it was lacking something. Just keep an eye out and tell me what you think. And calling attention to certain areas that you want your editor to pay closer attention to. That is something that 
I know every editor appreciates. They definitely would rather have that list of things and that notation before the editing process rather than afterwards so that they can keep an eye out and do the best job that they possibly can for you. So right. that's another thing to think about going right, into exactly. that process. It makes it a lot easier for them when you tell yeah. them everything up front. Yes. Otherwise, it's kind of like those home improvement shows, like the image I just got in my mind, like me and Abby both enjoy the show Love It or List It, which is about like fixing up houses and whether or not the people will love it or list at the end. And the designer always loves it when halfway through the renovation, they're like, oh, by the way, we wanted this addition on our house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, now that can't happen because I'm already too deep into it. Mm-hmm. Editors feel very similar (laughs) when you halfway through the edit decide to do something different. So really take time to think about what areas do I want to improve? Are there any problematic areas? And write those things down for your editor before you head into it because it's a lot like building a house. You're building a story. It has a structure to it. So Make sure you're upfront with your editor about the things you want done and communicate with them a lot during the process. Ask how it's going. A lot of editors will send updates as they go through the manuscript. It is good to have that constant communication so you don't have things like, oh, I didn't realize you weren't going to do this or, oh, I forgot to tell you this. You know, it just keeps those gaps closed. It keeps the process tight. Yes. And it, it makes it's a good way to make sure everything that needs to get done gets gets done. Yeah. Correctly. Yes, exactly. And a good editor is going to help you through every step of that process. But I think we covered some great ideas for how to find the right editor, how to work with the right editor. Um, Just to recap the five steps, we kind of derailed and went into a bunch of really good organic discussions. So I hope you guys were able to take some good notes. Ask writers you know for recommendations. Ask published authors that you admire for recommendations. Ask writing groups. Join writing groups. You can probably even find groups for finding editors. Try first. Get sample edits before you jump right into working with someone. Make sure that they are going to be right for you, that they understand your voice. Make sure they understand your genre and your style. Don't get psyched out. It's not that big of a deal. And make sure that you and your manuscript are both properly prepared for the process so that it goes as smoothly and efficiently as possible. Yes. And for more details on that, check out that other episode that we mentioned about preparing your manuscript for a professional editor. We go more into technical detail in that episode as well, which is linked below if you're on the YouTube version of this podcast. If not, you can check that out on Kate's YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash K-A-M-N-S. And... Thank you again to our amazing sponsors, our patrons who make this show possible. We couldn't do it without you and we appreciate you so much. So if you get value out of this podcast, go to patreon.com slash the Kate and Abby show and help us keep it alive and free of interruptions. And remember to check out Kate's new book, which is coming out October 5th. So yeah, excited. excited. Go join the giveaway link below. Yes, join the giveaway, pre-order the book. You're going to love it. Yeah, it's available for pre-order now. Exciting. So exciting. The paperback is especially beautiful, if I do say so myself. Yes, it is. The interior, let me see if I can hold up. The interior is gorgeous. Abby designed the interior. It's fun. Like the chapter Uh, headings. Yes. Gorgeous. (laughs) The chapter headings are so like state-of-the-art, designed Mm. by 
Abby Emmons. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I really love how they came out. Yeah, book, it's book such formatting a book. Is, is one of my little side adventures along there. with like 50 <laughs> other things that she does amazingly well if the other side adventures multi-talented <laughs> but yeah so even if you get like the ebook or the or if you're planning on getting the audiobook it's gonna be an audiobook format grab a paperback because it's gorgeous it wants yes. a home on your bookshelf <laughs> yes definitely get one of those and we will see you guys next time stay stoked and rock on